Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I've done this before. Hi. Welcome to the Blood and Mud Rugby podcast. Uh, The podcast that has learned this week the power of the orb. Uh, the orb knows all, the orb guides all. The orb tells you whether you should kick for the posts or whether you should go for the corner. Trust the orb, but do not seek to understand the orb. For the orb's secrets are revealed only to those who have conducted the proper incantations and rituals and are dangerous to those who would seek to harness that knowledge without proper preparation and due deference. All hail the orb. Um, all right. <laughs> Uh, I am High Priest of the Orb, Josh, as you know, uh, and while Lee's away on holiday, I'm joined by the Queen of Denmark herself, uh, Rhiannon Garth Jones. <laughs> How's it going, Rhi? Do you like Hi, my weird uh, I did. I've got to say, I have never been accused of a person demonstrating due deference. So, uh... <laughs> I mean, frankly, I... you cannot you cannot follow the Orb. The Orb. No, I say I say fuck the Orb. The orb. Fuck the orb and fuck Grassy and all of his accompanying rituals, honestly. <laughs> Hi, it's fuck nice to be back. Fuck the orb. That's how we would, yeah. Uh, no. Do not seek to know the orb. Uh, anyway, how would you rate your uh, World Cup watch weekend, Re? First weekend of the Rugby World Cup. Shit loads of games. Too many games, if I'm honest. Um, I managed to watch all of them, which I'm pretty impressed with myself. Not. Yeah, I'll make that continue. I level with you. You did better than I did because I didn't manage to watch them all live. I watched most of most of them, but I yeah. mean, I watched them in like quite a depressing way, where I was like, "Oh well, every plan I have for this weekend involves watching rugby." Uh, <laughs> so then I just like watched half of them in the office while I was writing bits of my dissertation, just being like, "Oh, that's more interesting than this." No, it's not actually. Turns out, work. So, like, I wouldn't really describe it as super fun watching a rugby all of the time. I was definitely doing some quite boring shit, uh, but it was for the most part. I would say the games were distracting enough from my work, and the good games yes. were so good that I didn't do any work. So that's excellent. Yeah, not I might right. I managed to write an entire piece for Rugby World, which hasn't run yet and now may never run, I wonder. Um, Watching the England games, it was so shit. Uh, I managed to write an entire piece about the choirs. Um, Oh, yeah. Also, during the England game, I managed to, like, sew myself an entirely new garment by hand because it was so so boring. (laughs) And then did the same during the the Wales game, but for, like, the opposite reason. Like, it was so stressful. It was the only way I could, like, think to keep myself calm. Yeah, there's bought there's boredom sewing sewing and there's stress sewing and yeah, frankly, stress sew, yeah. the twain cannot meet, you know. No. I, no. I would prefer system. I don't know what I want more of in my future. Stress sewing or boredom. I want neither. Sewing. Yeah, just sewing 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 with a, a healthy life balance. Is that possible? Yeah, that's what I want. I want a healthy life balance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Johnny Ball says Felix Jones is a fantastic name for the High Priest of the Orb. I agree. Uh, I yes, really was, was indeed born to play. Yes. Um, yep. Anyone else who wants to join, you hear the good news about the Orb, 
uh, you know, come see me after the podcast. And uh, I feel like you were also, frankly, born to spread the news of the orb in a way that you know, in the way that I was not yeah, born it, to receive news. Of yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was born to you know use my my evangelical gifts to uh, yeah. spread the good news of the orb and uh, and make disciples of all of the world's sort of directors of rugby and and assistant coaches. <laughs> And by God, once we've got them, we'll have everyone, you know? So I mean, all think, we what we, is... think what you could do with this power. You know? Yeah, it's like, you know how, like, evangelical Christians sort of target, like, sort of people with, like, charisma, the sort of natural leaders, because they figure if they can get them, then all their sort of little follower mates will come along. I'm like that with directors of rugby in the orb. Like, if I can get all the directors of rugby, all the assistant coaches will come, then all the players will come, and then it'll be fine. And then I thought you were you going to say, I am, I am the man with the charisma. And I was like, interesting. Oh, no, I'm not the man with the charisma. Definitely mm. not. I'm, I'm no, the man. No, but Rassi has some who, to be fair. Oh, yeah, damn right he does. I'm the man who hoodwinks the man with charisma by, you know, yeah. with, promises, with, the prom- yeah. with the promises of the orb that I cannot speak <laughs> Anyway. No, we haven't done the rituals, yeah. No, we haven't, exactly. You, you, you have not unlocked the, the secret knowledge. And you know, frankly, I will not share it with anyone who hasn't. Anyway, uh, all hail the orb. We start the podcast uh, as we always do. Um, there's so many games today, by the way, that I genuinely am going to have to rattle through this because I'm not being funny. There's like 12 games of international rugby that we have to work through. Also, like I am an hour ahead of most of you, and like I do have yes. a bad time at some point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It's like it's, it's usually late when we finish. It's borderline tomorrow when we finish. Yeah. If this if this goes on as long as it would normally go on, so uh, I'm going to rattle through. I'm going to start the podcast as we always do uh, with a player spotted. Uh, and Stu James here gets out, uh, reaches out to us via the Patreon messaging service and says, "Hi Lee, I don't take it personally. Look, I, I literally only pick these up when." When Lee is in another country, otherwise, I'm honestly surprised you picked it up yourself rather than Lee like forwarded to the message. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm lying. He literally forwarded it onto me this afternoon. <laughs> Come on. I would have just forgot. I would have got. I would have got to this part of the podcast and gone, "Oh shit, I forgot." I didn't have a player spotted, and then insert the player <laughs> spotted from my friend Chris, who uh, who was taking his son for a walk in in Richmond Park on the weekend, and his son ran full-on into another child who happened to be the child of Saracens in England, full-back Alex Good. And uh, nice. big lad, apparently, but not as big as you'd expect, which kind of sums up his rugby career, I think. That's Yeah, that seems pretty much perfectly on brand for Alex Good. <laughs> Alex Good is a big lad, but he... like. He so he was like, hasn't Alex Good retired? I was like, no, he's still playing professional rugby. He's just always. Did they give him like a three-year contract extension or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because actually, they can't function without him. Yeah. (laughs) No, indeed. It's like we've already lost Brad Barrett. We can't lose you as well. So yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be playing until he's forty, and you know, athletic and big without looking like he's still a professional rugby player, which I think sums up why he's only got like eighteen caps or something like that. Yeah. See how many caps has Alex Good got? I feel like I feel like eighteen feel sounds like, right. It does. I was going to say fifteen, and I think that sounds too low. I would say between fifteen and twenty-eight. Okay, we're gonna we're, we're, we're in. I, I told you before this game. <laughs> we've gone. We've, we've gone off piste already. We're not even doing the I, real place. I also I, I also scared you by momentarily making you think that you had a game to play and I said don't worry we haven't got a game and now we've inadvertently ended up playing player caps right again. Play your caps right. Um, Listeners you cannot imagine the horror on my face when I thought Josh was <laughs> going to make me play real games. Uh, Alex Good has 21 caps as many as that. Hey my like broad Fair range play. was sort of Fair play. not bad. Yeah. It's alright and that was That's... a very brief return. That was a very play. brief <laughs> <laughs> Too many to be your soul club, but he does feel very the upper limit of your soul club talent, I would guess. Yeah, it's like 21 caps over however many. When was the last time he got capped? Like 2015, 2016? I feel like Jones picked him once. Yes. I'm gonna and then it was like, yes. no, you are not quick enough. Eddie Jones picked him once, and that was the end. Uh, yeah. yeah, 21 caps. Over four years, is twenty-one caps over four years. That's like five caps a year-ish. That's actually all of 
all of them in the autumn or against Italy. Oh, probably, just... yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot. I mean, he's he's played a lot of England Saxons games as well. He has played a lot. He's played six times for the Saxons, which like, the last time he made his debut for the Saxons against Portugal, which is the sort of thing that only also club players do. Are you also club? Yeah, can you be a also club guy if you are then also European Player of the Year or whatever the hell he was a couple of years ago? I mean, this is what I mean because he's sort of too talented. But also yeah. on vibes, I would say your so club is kind of like you can also, if you're an amateur player, kind of imagine them, yeah, like that type of player. And Alex Good is exactly that, like the fly half who's not very quick but really good and covers ten surprisingly yeah. well. Surprising feels like a very like, and without whom the team can't function, even though you all take the piss out of yeah. him for not being very quick. Just feels yeah. like actually, that's the that's the essence of your guy. Well, yeah. he's 20, 21 test caps, 352 interna- uh, Saracens appearances. That is a ratio, that is a your so club ratio. That's a ratio, if, yeah. That's the thing, like, I think you can expand the category for. Yeah. For like certain oh. special sort of, yeah, he's one of them. God, in 2013, he played all five games of the Six Nations, including the Grand Slam. I mean, that obviously was hilarious in the most. Again, I think the essence of your soccer club is Stuart Lancaster really liking the look of you and then you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You're <laughs> a solid, you're a good man. You're a good, yeah. st- stout, good. proud English man with a Bottom tier level ability, yeah. but like, I can make the best. Like, like the actual talent, but will be reliable in situations where I won't actually require it. Feels like a very <laughs> Lancaster England pick. Yeah, exactly. It's the sort of player that Eddie Jones will have said unpleasant things about in after dinner speeches yeah. uh, about Absolutely. their level of actual talent. That, that's and also it. quite possibly to his face in the and or definitely to his face. Publicly, yeah. in, in, in his speeches, where he said mean things, and somebody's recorded it, and then he's got to apologise, but he hasn't really apologised. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Stu James uh, has got a mundane player spotted for us. Uh, following recent revelations of his own player spotted in Guildford by my sometimes front row playing partner Shaggy, oh, a little throwback. Uh, I thought I'd share my own slightly more delayed player spotted. I was on an overnight Air France flight back from Tokyo during the last World Cup. Very nice. Uh, and following completion of the service, the lights were dimmed in the economy cabin to allow people to sleep. Like many, I've, I like how he's mentioned he's in the economy cabin. Here, you know, he's just, yeah, yeah. So we don't like, so we don't shit don't talk him immediately. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, exactly. You don't think he's got one of those, those bed things. Anyway, uh, yeah, like many, I fail abysmally to sleep on any type of air journey. Uh, right there with you. Yep. Uh, so yep, far, spend- horrible. Yeah, I found the best cure for that is to uh, have kids and then you're extremely tired all the time. You can yeah, see. I both believe you and feel that's personally too extreme a strategy for me. So I just... It's a big commitment to just allow yourself to get 40 wins on a plane. Yeah. But, uh, I've gone for not taking, flights, not taking flights where I might want to sleep has been my immediate solution. <laughs> you can try that. Anyways. Try that. <laughs> Stu was on a plane in economy yeah. class, not sleeping. The lights yeah, an Air France flight. Uh, yeah, he found himself spending much of the flight, oh, he's one of them, in the galley talking to the other insomniacs in my best franglais and enjoying the section of drinks and beverages cabin crew put, us, put out to stop us deserving their mandated break time. I've known a lot of those people on international flights over the years. The guys hanging around the bar, hanging around the galley area, looking for beers when everybody else is trying to be asleep. I'm one of those people who's so trash that I think like the fact any plane that has a bar is just like unimaginably fancy to me. I once absolutely <laughs> lost my mind when I found out that some planes have bathrooms, and in fact, I drunkenly called my mother. I was like, "Mom, you wouldn't fucking believe what I just found out," and she was as outraged as me, which is maybe the most Burnley we have ever been. The two of us, <laughs> and I'm still not over it. I, I mean, I, still, I, I do still. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that any plane that has like any sort of like means of like washing yourself beyond like a shitty little Just... sick. Honestly, a place where you can stand that's not in everybody else's way is unimaginable on a plane to me. And I, I kind of don't need to be 
I don't need to have this reality emerge in my life. I need to, I think no. I need to remain at my core, the person who will drunkenly call my mum and be like, you would not believe what the fucking bourgeois are up to now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been screaming showers on planes down the phone for like three, four minutes. <laughs> Fundamentally, I think the worst thing that you can ever do as a, as a sort of working class adult that can't afford these things is to take one business flight long haul, business class long haul flight, because that will ruin all plane travel for you for the rest of your life. And you're exposed to it, then it's a reality and not exactly. like a hilarious you, joke. You've yeah. turned left once in your life, and that is all. Now that is all that you'll ever want to do again, because it's like, oh, I get a nice little space to myself. I get to recline all the way back and have a nice little sleep in my tiny little bed, instead of being shoved. And, and they, everybody brings me stuff whenever I want it. And I just think most of us don't need that. I don't. I don't need to experience that, knowing how much it costs and how little I'll be able to do it again. Even even yeah. the times I've gone premium economy, like I never want to go back to regular economy now, but I have to, and it's depressing. Awful I'm stuff. genuinely not even sure I've been on a flight where there was like a difference. I must have been at one point. I've flown I mean, further than like three hours. But... It, is, it is marginal, the premium economy economy thing, but like it is a, it does make a difference. You get a little bit but more, like, yeah, you get a little bit more pitch, and it's a, I tell you. Well, like in this, in the same way that there's like a not, there's not a massive difference between six and seven hours sleep. But if you've had six, you fucking know about it. <laughs> this is exactly true. And you want seven. It's more likely yeah. to get set seven than six in. In premium economy. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever find myself with the choice, I am now almost certainly going to be like, "Fuck it, yeah, I'm going to be a fancy person. Uh, <laughs> get that extra <laughs> hour of sleep." Be fancy person. Be fancy person. Um, but just know that um, it like, might take, take take photos of the bar and the bathroom, and then like send them to my because oh my god, I would have Wi-Fi on this fancy plane. Wouldn't I? I've never been on a plane with oh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I mean... could take photos of the fancy people and then send them to my mum. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did take a photo of my premium economy meal uh, because it was served on a plate instead of in one of those little yes. like things, like you know. The, this the is okay. Now, things. now I have, now I have like a, a meaningful goal in life, a concrete <laughs> target. Yeah, gent <laughs> crockery at thirty thousand feet. It's the only way to. Yeah. <laughs> My mum's gonna be very excited about this. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, on a, he's on a plane. He's 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 either in the fucking the air hostesses for more booze uh, in the galley. Imagine, to my surprise, he says, on one such show into the galley, I find former French hooker William Servat similarly enjoying the facilities with a small group of his friends. He was dressed, perhaps unsurprisingly, in the standard French front row uniform of polo shirt, short shorts, and flip flops. Yes. Yeah. Genuinely, for all the bullshit they say about like if you dress up, you're more likely to get upgraded to business class. It's not worth it. Like, just dress. Stop dressing like you're going out to go on a plane. You should be wearing everything elasticated. Isn't there a whole new thing now anyway, where like the way to look rich is to look really casual and dress down and yeah, like, you don't have logos and brands and stuff. Yeah, and they and then they just know because rich people know that you're rich. Exactly. In the same way that they know you're not rich. However, fancily you are dressed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I can tell you up. is a real thing. I did my undergraduate degree at Oxford, and they fucking know <laughs> you don't have to open your mouth. You can look the fanciest you have ever looked, and people will immediately know that you are not actually fancy. You are just a pleb in a nice dress you got cheaply in like the weird market warehouse thing in Burnley. <laughs> they always know. So I believe this that you can dress in like a tracksuit that's secretly from Louis Vuitton and the air staff will immediately identify yeah. you. Well, it's not even from Louis Vuitton. It's some, it's some brand name you've never heard of. That oh, yeah, but obviously I wouldn't have heard of the brand name. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's a little boutique guy who just makes plain black T-shirts and plain black joggers. But, you know, it they, costs they like cost 20 over. grand. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> oh, bad, bad news from... Uh, friend of the pod Anna Seligman who says you still have to pay for the extra for the Wi-Fi and a lot of airlines even fuck? in business yeah that's absolutely even crazy. rich people are getting robbed but capitalism <laughs> works for nobody I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
truth. Anyway, yes. Back, back to Stu and his play. William Spivak <laughs> in his short shorts and his flip-flops. Uh, no one is to interrupt what was a lively conversation with his friends. I nodded in passing, picked up a fun-sized Kit Kat, nice choice, uh, and another miniature bottle of wine. What is a fun-sized Kit Kat? Is that just the one with the two... Is that just like what not, I would consider a regular Kit Kat? Not to the beat two, the, like, I'm a ball. massive pleb drum, but can I, are these things free? Oh, you yeah. Free? Oh, yeah. Like, pretty much, if you go on a decent transatlantic airline, you get most stuff free. I thought like, they, like, bring, you get, like, one, you know, like, if you go on KLM instead of Ryanair, right, like, they will bring you a <laughs> snack for free, but then you don't just get to go up and take more snacks for free. Oh, yeah, like, particularly on, like, a long-haul overnighter, because the staff just want you to leave them the fuck alone. They'll be like, here's the stuff, yeah. like, go off, and if you... Oh. And it's the thing, if you're like a, a gannet about these things, you can really, yeah, you know. You and really I said, got, yeah, yeah. and another, another miniature bottle of wine, you know. I'm learning so much today. You really this are. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you said, well, uh, really... nice to see William travelling economy. Yes, but fucking fair play to him. You know, Man of the I'm people. Sure, I'm sure he's got the money to fly business if he needs to. I, I not officially started with the FFR at this point. Uh, he's probably yeah. just grateful that our plane was able to leave Tokyo on time, given that not 24 hours before the England France game being cancelled due to that typhoon. The one what Scotland sued. <laughs> the one Scotland sued. That's what it's called. Never, never not funny. No, it really isn't. Uh, there uh, is an update on the on the Kit Kat size, oh, short, yeah. but chunky. <laughs> okay, yeah, Johnny was a Kit Kat chunky but short, girthy, some would say. Good, very evocative description. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly what I'm thinking. Effective, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is more of a sort of like leave them out in a bowl and help yourself than like the two the sort of two stick Kit Kats would be. Yeah, if, like, that if makes it's sense, just like yeah. big, whatever. You know, if it's a, a chode cat. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I'm, ne- I'm never going to unsee that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Things I regret putting into my own head. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, well, I, I think we can be very proud of how we've started this yeah, podcast. I, think we, I don't think we, me will regret minutes in, I said I, I said we were rattling through. We spent about 25 minutes on the player spotted. Uh, we have done some class I, warfare, though. So we've that. done some class warfare, and I've said some things I regret. Uh, so pretty standard, really, in a lot of ways. Um, I have to say this, Steve. Wasted opportunity there, because you had at least... 18 hours where William Servat was at your mercy. You, you could have you could have done anything there, but no. Ooh. I think we've lost Ree. She's back. You're on mute now is there where William Servat was at your mercy and you probably could have forced him to be your friend at least for a little while. I mean, and... yes, or you could have got like a French front rower as your enemy. And, like... Only for the duration of that flight. That's the thing. You're never going to see him again after that flight. Well, no, know? but like 18 hours is a really long time to have a French front rower be your enemy. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I mean, I viewed this as the start of a buddy movie, but in real. A beautiful yeah. friendship, whereas I think I view this as like. Stew being launched out of the out of the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those like coat closets. Yeah. Perhaps having like, his head like shoved down the sizable toilet that no doubt exists on these kinds of planes. Yes, indeed. And they press it, and then they all get all sucky, and you know, yeah, it's really bad. You mean she's getting freaked out by those like sort of suction toilets on planes when they were a kid? Because he just thought they were going to get sucked out of the plane. Just me? No, okay. No, cool. yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> She's got some weird phobias. Um, but yeah, if you want to uh, send us messages like that, of course, uh, plus get ad-free pods, bonus stuff, all the rest, you can, of course, uh, pay us for the privilege at patreon.com slash blood and mud. I'm not going to do a song. Uh, you can contact me, of course, uh, at Josh Gardner on the old Twitters and uh, on Blue Sky, although I'm barely there. Re, how can people get in touch with you? I mean, I would suggest you don't, but I'm on, <laughs> I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Regarth Jones and I am on Blue Sky uh, for my sins. Uh, I would say for the Patreon, I'm a like dedicated listener and I've been re-listening to the Rugby History pods recently. Oh, so for, 
Honestly, I can't even remember why, but they're genuinely really good. And uh, if you just if you join now, then you just get all in one go, yeah. which is fucking great. Like, yeah. it's excellent. So they're, they're entirely good because Tony Collins is great and absolutely nothing. Yeah, to do obviously, Tony. Like, yeah, no, they're legit good. So they. I, w- I would yeah. say Lee and Josh's interjections are at the very least funny. Uh, throughout I'll the look, rugby history, podcast. I'll take that. that. I will take that. It's yeah. they're, they're not. But, yeah, no, like. Occasionally funny. I get no money from this. Josh is not paying me to say it. Genuinely, I've spent the last couple of weeks in my spare time re-listening to them, and they're fucking a. And I hard recommend them. Hell yeah! Sign up. And there you have it from the from the patrons' mouth. There you go. If you're not if you're not already <laughs> involved, get involved. Uh, should we do some news? It's not a yeah, lot of news, sure. but um, because as usual. In a tournament, all the news is just people talking about things that have already happened, and that's not news. Yeah. Uh, actual news, uh, Tate McDermott has got a brain injury and is going to miss the Fiji game, which is a big old loss Yeah. Uh, for the wallet. I mean, they have got, you know, reliable backup and <clears throat> Nigel Thorpe impersonator Nick White, I guess. But... Um, yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, it does. I think a lot of the things that people said when Eddie Jones announced that squad do immediately feel like valid concerns, don't they? There's just not a lot. <laughs> I of, mean, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Once a couple of lads start getting injured, it's instantly just like, could you not have picked some of the people who've been here before? <laughs> like, and maybe... also, just things like that kind of category of whatever we call the miscellaneous back, do whatever I fucking want them to back, new stupid yeah. name. I just can't be bothered to decide where they're going to play right now, so I'm just going to call them utility yeah. back. Yeah, utility back. That is actually better than misc back, but still. But there's, they're just, they're not actually, it is. they're not that useful, are they? So they're after some yeah. dumb name. Like um, now, just call him fucking fullback. Don't call him I mean, I suppose it is, it is like the Australian psyche of rugby union is that all of their backs must be able to play every single position to a acceptable but not quite world class standard. Which I actually think is fine, but then just don't specify them at all. Just call them all backs. Yeah, exactly. Backs, forwards. And like why are you making I, unnecessary work and categories for yourself? You'll make it. You will make. We'll decide which order those backs and forwards go in when we get to the huddle after the anthems. And yeah, there's no we'll need for anything more than that. Yeah. And especially someone like Eddie, who you know makes a point of. I mean, we could do this all day, but like, you know, he just makes a point of not being beholden to those categories so then I just don't know really Indeed. why you would just f- fucking throw some more in there for well, fun like. yeah well just have like a blank space underneath forwards and backs and then just all 33 of them in the hybrid <laughs> yeah. just squad alphabetical yeah. order no other detail <laughs> anyway uh, it's a bit it's a big loss for Australia and Fiji is an important game for them it will be interesting to see sucks for him obviously um, yeah not well, surprising I mean, given the knock he took no and I guess with Fiji, you know, that is a extreme, like, must-win game for Fiji now. Yeah. In, in terms of their prospects of getting out of the pool, so they're going to come. And, you know, especially they, should, you know, Fiji should be extremely encouraged by the last twenty minutes, if not, if nothing else, of that game, and should think, yeah, you know, against a much less serious, you know, a much sillier fundamental team that Australia I think inevitably Fiji are. will be like really I mean they were always gonna be eyeing it up, but you know, I don't think Fiji will be deterred by the weekend's games. No, I don't think so either. I think they've they they made a sterner stuff than that. Um yeah. elsewhere in real news, I suppose, uh World Rugby's apologized for the uh, issues at the Stade Valadrome before England Argentina on the weekend where it all started to look a little bit Champions League finally at one point, but they. I have snarky yeah. thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you know, I really, I really feel like there was immediate and extensive sympathy for the lovely, lovely England rugby fans having this problem in a way that there was not for the <laughs> football fans when they experienced the same thing. And I just think that says a lot about everybody involved. Um, <laughs> That's, I mean, that it, my... I, I I don't disagree with you, and at the same time, I could to play devil's advocate to say that maybe what happened with the Liverpool fans has made people a little bit more sympathetic to ha- people having issues with ticketing. I do, I do definitely think there's an element of that. Although equally, you would think that that experience would have made 
the people at the stadium much more uh, proactive it's, about how they manage that. But it's not encouraging that you know they've had serious issues with this sort of thing in the past. Also, because a lot of the like, I don't know about you, but I read the ad, like the official advice in response to that, and there was a lot of like I wouldn't call it fan blaming, but there was an awful yeah, lot of like we encourage fans to do this. And it's yeah. like, yeah, fine, but like, actually, do I want to get there five hours before? Probably not. Like, yeah, it's just like when you remember when they started in- introducing like the enhanced screen at the Millennium Stadium a couple of years ago, and they were like, try yeah. to get to the game three hours before the start, and get into the ground at least two hours before kickoff. It's like you can get the fuck. I am gonna be like, fucking. On I am not spending money on your shit food and your shit booze. To just yeah. hang out here because, like, no. <laughs> and I do appreciate the security. Metal, you wanted to start frisking folk. Yeah, just yeah. no. <laughs> and I, yeah. you know, and it does seem like from the people who were there, like a lot of the problem is the transport. Like, mm. um, the trams actually aren't that frequent far in advance, and they and obviously, you know, as a Cardiff is a really great example of this. Anyone who's been to Cardiff on match day can tell you that the trains are fundamentally and the say, roads and is, everything is not set up. Run, by, run by the Welsh Rugby Union because this all feels <laughs> And it does seem like that's the case here, but in this case, I think you know there is like it's a it's a World Cup. Mm. It's a slightly bigger deal. You can see this problem eight, twelve years in advance, like talk to the public transport systems and maybe throw a couple of extra carriages on the trams or, or just, I, yeah, I don't know. It's not that easy, but it feels like a very foreseeable problem. It, it, it feels not. like something that they should have a fucking grip of by now. Yeah. Given everything that happened in the Champions League final. Uh, yeah, especially with such a clear example of what, how it might go wrong like a year ago. And the fact that they've got fucking Olympics next year, which is a hell of a lot bigger yeah. than the World Cup. Yeah, like maybe yeah. maybe you should fix that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I suppose if you're a fan, you are encouraged day, to, yeah, to get two. there early. Yeah, yeah. So uh, get there yeah. early and spend all your money on shit fries. Yeah, turn up just the night before the game and uh, <laughs> camp out in the stadium. <laughs> Uh, elsewhere, uh, Ethan Blackadder has been called into the All Black squad, uh, which doesn't say positive things about Sam Kane's fitness for the rest of the tournament. Oh. I or mean, New Zealand, generally. I, just, yeah. it was, <laughs> I mean, it was weird that he sort of, you know, because he pulled that after the warm up, right? Because it, it was a very late so? change. But it's obviously, yeah, serious enough that. Oh, Sam Kane, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. It was it was a very late change, I think. Yeah, mm. and obviously Amoni Narawa was injured anyway. But the fact that they've replaced a winger with a back rower says that they they they're surely concerned. Yeah, about they're it. like shifting their they're patching, aren't they? They're not just. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of teams who have got relatively straightforward groups from here on are probably in the sort of let's try and patch this thing up so we can keep the best player. Players around as possible. France are sort of in a similar vibe. With I was going to say the the two teams that have a relatively straightforward pull from it: France and New Zealand. Understandably, taking exactly the same approach. We've got <laughs> yeah. four fucking weeks to sort this out. Like miracles have happened in much shorter time periods. Yeah. Speaking of France and uh, exciting yes. things. Uh, Anthony Jolange is apparently uh, going to captain France against Uruguay, which is just, I mean, very exciting for starters from a, yeah. a sort of him coming back perspective. But just also, like, France could do with a little bit of, like, injury good news. <laughs> you know? Also, I think the way that, uh, I mean, my French is not great, but the way that uh, Midi Olympique reported it was basically like... Uh, He's back, and they're going to make a really big deal of it. Like he's being the captain, not just because he's he's done that before; he's good at it, but like to kind of really galvanise what they then basically called like a vengeful fifteen of just like all the players who missed out against yeah. New Zealand. And I also really loved um, that they in that, and I mean, you will also have loved that in the, 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 the same the rugby Rama report, which I, I guess is Google translated, but they described it as a necessarily vengeful Siku Makalu, which yes! necessarily which... vengeful Siku Makalu is, is my favourite. That's favorite. all I like, want. Those are just yeah. four perfect words to me in a perfect order. 
everything about that brings me great joy. I'm real fucking excited for this game now. <laughs> I will not be watching that in the office. I will not be sewing. <laughs> we'll just, just no. be happy. <laughs> <laughs> feel feel real fucking bad for Uruguay, but uh... oh yeah, but, I mean, I mean, Jalonch indeed appears to be the ideal captain to guide the revolt of the individuals who somewhat missed their meeting last Friday. Uh, That's a weird, a weird there. translation, but real yes. weird translation. But I really enjoy how weirdly Google translates French sometimes because it yes, it's so fucking, it's never not funny actually, and yeah. it always makes me feel better about my ability to understand French as well. <laughs> Big time. It's very nice. It's like, I'm terrible with this, but this is your job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. That's fucking yeah. dreadful. <laughs> uh, also, I think uh, Jonathan Dante is going to be back, which Hello. is necessarily good news, I would say, for France, given that they're uh, not yeah, sent- before they need him. But... Yeah, I mean, they can probably afford to just let that guy fucking sit and spin for a while and make sure he's 100%. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't it's... be putting him anywhere near, but... If they can basically, you know, they've got a month to get him and Willamsa back to some f- level of fitness that is, you know, looking decent. Functional. Yeah. I and mean, then they can push, uh, what's his face, the uh, the convicted racist one down some stairs along with yeah, the, yeah. the South African oh. players are getting injured. <laughs> oh no, so oh. sad. <laughs> oh, did he not spot that piece of fishing line that we put <laughs> Oh, um, so yeah. sad to see you go. Oh, well. <laughs> have, a, have a safe trip home, yeah? Yeah. yeah. No, the, the, <laughs> the, the banners are for something totally different than the, that we... Uh, <laughs> that that, that confetti, un, unrelated. Yeah. Entirely unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously Francois Crowe and uh, Julien Marchand are out as well uh, for potentially a while, but this World Cup <laughs> is so long that, like, somebody being injured for a month, no longer. It's a, some... it's a really interesting dynamic that I hadn't properly factored in until Me too. a couple of days ago. But that thing of, like, giving every team a big a weekend break off. means that, yeah, you just have this, like, whole extra week of the pool stages, basically, and that really does change the calculations in a way that's quite interesting, but also just fundamentally quite hard to get your head around, I think. Yeah, and also just like if you're in that group of things that don't play in the first weekend, like what a sort of yeah. underwhelming start to the Rugby World Cup that is if you're like Uruguay or whatever. Yeah, it's you like, just sat around sort of. It's great. Yeah, it's World it's Cup a very... great last. Yeah, Look, looks really fun. The vibes seem great. It's hard yeah. to say from here. Which yeah. we were doing it instead of just sitting here and training and being in a hotel. <laughs> And I mean, there is also, which uh, I think like we've discussed a little bit offline, a weird element of uh, it's introduced to kind of make it fairer. But actually what it does, it, like exactly as we've just been saying, is it kind of gives the bigger teams an, even more of an advantage in some ways. Like, well, yeah, it allows, you know, but Wales have basically got two weeks off before um, the Australia before game. Before the big dogs have to, yeah. Yeah, and like Wales so like, can, Wales can afford to play their, their their full strength team every game if they can go fully loaded every game if they want to. This is the thing, it's like, but like they could. Yeah, and, and and they might well go much more fully loaded than they would have otherwise in the next, you know, against Portugal or whoever. Because, because they can, right? They can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They, it's like they don't have to worry so much, like. Between that, yeah, so the 16th of September, they've got Portugal on Saturday, and then it's the 24th of September, and then the 7th of October. So they've got nice big gaps between all their games. And it's not like I don't think, I don't think they should, the kind of organizers should look at it and be like, well, we're going to give the sort of tier two teams the longest break possible and the tier one teams the narrowest one. Because from a player no. welfare point of view, realistically, the tier one teams are more likely to go through. And, but but equally, it's just like a kind of unexpected quirk of like, let's make the system fairer has also kind of made it, it's exacerbated some existing inequalities, yeah. I think, in a way that wasn't intended. Yeah, and whatever not- happens in Australia for Wales, like... They have then got from Sunday the twenty fourth of September until Saturday the seventh of October, 
which is 13 days yeah. off. That's a huge time to get your squad rested. And like you could argue that they might lose a little bit of match sharpness in that time, but they're rested, they're ready to roll, and they've got time to, particularly after three pool matches. How good is it to have two weeks to get everybody yeah. firing fit? Yeah, like, yeah. Like if you're the team who ends up with that kind of like perfect draw, but also just things like say that Gareth Anscombe plays against Portugal and he gets a bit injured, are we going to yeah. replace? We've got that, like probably not, or not for a no. couple of weeks. Like, why would you? So there's just yeah, loads yeah. of like kind of new quirks to this organizational yeah. framework. I think we'd really thought about. Until now. No, and I hadn't considered, and it's sort of only becoming apparent as the tournament is sort of like presenting itself, unfolding. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's it's a thing to really keep an eye on because it could be quite. It might, yeah, it might not be, but it could become quite meaningful. And I think, yeah, the way that France and New Zealand are looking at those injuries really does give you like a. Yeah, they don't need to. They've got four weeks before they're going to need anyone. They're just going to. Yeah, exactly. Take all the time they can to assess them in a way that previously you would not have done. You know, you'd just be like, I'm sorry, if you're injured for three weeks, you're going home unless you're the most, like, unless your name is Alan Wynne-Jones, basically. Like, you're like, yeah, exactly. And combined with the expanded squads for this time, this tournament as well, it's like it gives the bigger teams a huge amount of flexibility in how they manage injuries and yeah. manage load. In the and that is, that is a good thing. I just think it's yeah, a new dynamic that, yeah. It's something that we won't have necessarily, you know, now if somebody's out for six weeks, you know, this weekend, there's a chance they could be back for the semi-finals or the final. You know? it's... Yeah. And I think it's also quite interesting for very savvy coaches mm. who are like very sort of properly tactical, strategic thinkers. I don't want to give Rassi the fucking ego validation but if someone exactly like Rassi actually to be like I've got much more room to I've got more options here more room to play more like possible outcomes mm-hmm. also someone like Gats or Eddie Jones um yeah I think there's just there's just a, an interesting sort of additional tactical wrinkle for coaches with resources yeah. and that kind of mindset that's new we'll see Indeed. how it goes quite uh, any more news from your side? Uh, I've remembered the one piece of news that I, I noted this week, and it's yeah. uh, the whale song. Oh my god, the whale song! Which, yeah, I just want to say I think it's really yeah. cool. I, I'm fine with it. I'm the only thing I'm not fine with is that it hasn't been released yet. Yeah, that's fucking weird, and I'm really annoyed because actually I quite enjoyed listening to it. I'm not going to keep refreshing a video like that's dumb and lame. Give it me on a streaming platform, please. Yeah, also don't just give me like ninety seconds of it. Give me the yeah, thing. give me an actual thing. Uh, something I thought was I feel like the reason they're doing it is because it's just not ready, right? Because something that I thought was incredibly charming about that video is that the mm. footage is just training and then the first game against England and I don't yes. know if that's just because it's the only one in the Millennium Stadium or because like the other two are just too fucking embarrassing to use and it's not very like it's not very inspiring stuff but I did wonder if maybe they're just like we don't really we need, we need some more time to put together some half decent footage to like <laughs> illustrate yeah, this yeah, song <laughs> I need two weeks so I can go down a fucking mine. All right, just get some like some inspirational <laughs> shots. I need to go up a mountain. I need to go down a mine. I cannot use that South Africa game. I'd like rather die. I wonder if it's that. But I just thought it was. Uh, it's quite easy to laugh at it and say, you know, it's a bit of a copy of the um, the football team. I think it is, but I also think that's good because the football team does this stuff better. So like that's actually yeah. very positive. If all like. I would much rather them be like making like I'd much rather them be copying Wales FA I mean yeah just doing the same old boring shit you know yeah exactly I, and I think it's a really um it's not really my type of music although I thought it was actually pretty catchy and I enjoyed it a lot but I think it does quite nice stuff like including bits of Kim Wade and like referencing other kind of iconic Welsh rugby Lyrically, songs and it's quite nice as well. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like it, it works. 
It doesn't have to be your kind of music to engage yep. with the lyrics. Exactly. Um, and I saw quite a few people being snarky, like, oh, I can't imagine the fans singing this on the terrace. And one, that's because you're imagining a certain type of fan, fuck you. And so. two, it doesn't matter. We've got more than enough songs to sing on the terraces. If people just yeah. use this as like a pre-game kind of getting themselves going song and some people feel more like the Welsh rugby team might be for them, that is a net positive, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that is... It's okay to just listen to it and be like, oh, this isn't for me. Because it yeah. isn't for you. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. It's not for you. <laughs> Correct. That's fine. <laughs> Stuff exists for you. Go and enjoy that instead. Um, yeah. It, it, it's an interesting... I'm glad that they're doing it and I'm glad that this is sort of how... It's a positive thing from my mind that the Welsh Rugby Union are going that way. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it speaks positive things about what the, the... But I think their reaction to the last kind of, well, every, everything that has happened is just quite a like, yeah, we're going to do something, we're going to try something. I think, yeah, I think it's good. Also, my pretty much my immediate thought was this is going to annoy all of the right people and almost immediately Lee Jarvis tweeted about how he hated it. And I was like, mm, great, yes, I feel very yeah, comfortable in my tweet here. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if, like how much more, like, you know, it's based on an old Welsh folk song. It's got, mm-hmm. you know, Pip Gone, which is the... The Welsh bagpipes, which level with you, sound fucking dreadful. But like, you know, and the what the one thing I will say about that is because I think regular bagpipes also sound dreadful. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not about how they sound, right? It's about how your body reacts to it. Like hmm. bagpipes and organs are a particular type of instrument that your your body has like a real physical reaction to, whether hmm. or not you like the sound of them in a different way than a lot of other music, and in a way that's like actually really important for shared community experiences. Hello. Uh, some, some, so in that, the, that sounds like something that came out of a, a doctoral... Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a PhD nerd take, but like that kind of, uh, <laughs> no, that kind of physical reaction to music is really important in like creating a sense of community. So, and not just bagpipes and organs, like if you, if anybody who's listening, if you think about walking down to a big sporting event and like sounds of the crowd around you and how you like remember all the previous times you've done that like it's a really important way of, of like feeling like a part of the thing i think bagpipes welsh bag wraps it's a specific choice and it sounds fucking irritating but it actually has a much greater impact than just annoying yeah. it's actually really and that, smart and i like it a lot and it is something your bagpipes a bagpipe in the room well not in the room with you that's a bit much but like <laughs> yes. being like in, 500 meters away from you ideally yeah it, it being in the real world with bagpipes feels different than hearing a bagpipe on yeah. record because it has as you say that sort of like drone that thing that goes. Kind of, yeah yeah and it's exactly the same with you know I'm, I'm, I'll segue nicely into the fucking choirs or oh, maybe getting shit cans uh Please, please, I am begging you, shit-can them. Honestly, there are, there are pox on this World Cup. It's a, so it's a lovely idea, but the fa- I've watched I've watched these games over, I would say, four or five different uh, channels now, like not only ITV, and every single commentator has felt the need to explain that the choir come from disadvantaged backgrounds as like a justification for why your eardrums are forced to endure this. And I just think if they all have to do that, you should probably stop with this. Like one round is enough. Great yeah. for the kids. I'm very happy for them. Yeah. Real anthems from now on. Nobody needs to hear it again. Yeah. Stop it. Like, yeah. It's, if you're it's... ruining the Welsh, French, and Italian anthems and Scottish, yeah, and Scottish. I, hilariously, I thought Ireland's call sounded like maybe the least destroyed by the weird choir. Yeah, of... God say the Queen of India. I mean, you cannot kill one of them dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was a fascinating it, musical experiment from that. But it's, it, but it's you know singing the anthem in a lot to go back to your bagpipes thing. Singing the anthem in a stadium with 
50, 60, 70, 80,000 people is not just singing a song. It yeah. is a physical, like the the sound of 80,000 voices around you singing the same thing does something in your fucking primeval yeah. brain. So, but... cool fact, really easy way to explain this. If you sing in a choir, mm. which I hate doing because I'm a really bad singer, but if you sing in a choir for like a certain amount of time, I think it's like 20, 30 minutes, everybody in that choir, your heart's move to to beat in time by the end of the like singing experience hmm. which amazing fucking, it blew my mind i found this out like two years ago and every now and again i go and check it because i just think it's unbelievably <laughs> cool but basically singing communally sharing musical yeah. experiences but particularly singing does something to your experience of everyone else in that crowd in a very different way and that is why i'm not being funny but it's fucking miles better going to a game that wales are playing in or scotland than it is England, because your experience is genuinely measurably different, irrespective of what's happening on the field. And the choirs are ruining that experience for everybody. I think that's bad. They really are. Yeah, it's dreadful. Like great, like great for like Nick Mullins can try as much as he wants to make me feel bad about it by telling the wonderful story of how inspirational they all are. But I'm sorry, it's ruining my fucking World Cup. It's ruining everyone. I contain multitudes. I can feel bad for the kids and also want them to stop fucking singing. I can, I can say let's let's get them to sing. Let's get them to sing "World in Union." And yeah, the they could sing stuff as people go into the stadium. That would be fine. It's I mean, nothing, it would be dreadful, fucking, but it would be lesser. I found a stage. They're not even fucking there. It's a recording. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, There's, that's that's inexcusable. Yeah, they're just, they're just piping that shit through. Just pipe through the shit you'd normally do. Pipe through whatever whatever you normally pipe through for the anthems. Surely they sing oh, something else as well. Just like just pipe that, and then when it gets to the anthems, do the real stuff. Well, this is the other thing. It's like because they're not in the fucking stadium, they have, and it's a pre-recorded thing, and they're singing all of these things. There's such a weird meter. That, that, yes. that isn't the normal meter, particularly, and that was so obvious with, with Wales yesterday. Like the meter of it is all wrong; it's too fast, and yes. because they're not in the stadium, like usually when you've got a when you've got like a choir or a band or something, they will respond to the crowd sort of. They can adjust, like, right, the speed. Like the... They can sort of adjust on the fly to tempo to kind of get yeah. to lock back in, and so, and eventually by the end of the song, everybody's in the same place. But like, if it's just a recording, they can't fucking do it. Shit. Yeah, it's and a lovely no, idea. It's not like... Yeah, it's a lovely idea, but it is unfortunately it's a terrible, terrible execution. execution. <laughs> terrible I, I genuinely think that like everything. Everything that was wrong with France for most of the first 40 minutes was just like everybody just going, what the fuck was that that we just yeah, had to Everybody create? just reeling from, from the worst experience All of the, the oxygen out of every single <laughs> French player on that field where they were just like, that was really weird. I didn't like it. Actually, this is a way that they can kind of like make it up to the teams who didn't get to play in the opening weekend. They just get regular yeah. fucking anthems. You never have to hear what that choir would have done to your <laughs> anthem. Uruguay, that... never have to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yes. So there, there lieth the news. We um, rattled through the news real well there. I think, yeah. You know, we've barely been on an hour. Um, so <laughs> this, uh, we should say, or if what? Not if what is the French for? Like, see you later. I don't know. Anyway, uh, or if what is exactly that? Because it means to see you again. Okay. I- yeah, it's the one where it's like, you know, goodbye forever. It's it. Goodbye it's forever. Bizus, which mm. is the like cheeky, flirty, like, we will see you again kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should. Those of you mm. who haven't signed up to the Patreon. <laughs> Indeed. We'll be <laughs> later. But... <laughs> right. Let's talk about this fucking weekend then. Um, shall we start with the, the game that has caused by far the most controversy and get it out of the way. I think we might uh, as well, because I think a lot of the stuff we would say about this gets covered in Wales versus Fiji. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shit for me, uh, Clive Woodwards. Oh, forever only... Well, indeed, but the only way to make him appear more than a, pr- a prick than he did before is to stand him behind like a repurposed ITN leadership debate lectern wearing glasses yes. that can only be described as talking loudly at women in an all bar one. Yes. And... Also, 
it's never been more conspicuous that someone has given him notes, like not feedback, physical fucking notes that he's looking at on his lectern. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. whole reason for those things existing, in my opinion, is to disguise Clive Woodward's little folder yeah. of notes that somebody yeah. else has given to him. And the, the really depressing thing about that is, because I get it, if you're ITV, that the yeah. only England coach to win a World Cup kind of just has to be on the panel even when he's fucking useless and too lazy to do the work. It's so depressing that the level of notes they think he can plausibly pull off is that fucking pitifully basic. Yes. Yeah. Like they can't oh, even anyway. give him good notes because yeah. he's that shit. I could spend yeah. all the evening talking about his Clive, but let's just say yeah, no, we, could, we, could do, we could do two more hours on that. That's not yeah, we could. Uh, Colin McBride says, uh, shit is Argentina. They could have had Matt Williams replace Michael Checker and the players have their fingers replaced with sausages and they would not have been any worse. Yes. Yep. Uh, James Reese says, shit is Fiji 63% tackle completion. This, I think they've, they've rolled that up to 75 now. Um, but he's he's rightly says you you can't win at the highest level making sixty three percent of your tackles. Especially let's let's see what Australia have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, James Adamson says shit is uh, as Clive Woodward's incredible take that Kevin Smith's hitherto poor results as defence coaches because people from rugby league are not well suited to that role. Wow, wow. I think I just blacked out. <laughs> No, it's I'm not, not like every single defence coach in the Northern Hemisphere is ex-rugby league or anything. Just, yeah, no, that's too dumb for words. He's it's, it's real dumb. Uh, Simon Clark says, shit is uh, Nick Mullins is Manu to a laggy destroyer of worlds. Shit, oh. honestly. I mean... Honestly. Great. It's a great fucking tackle, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was dreadful this weekend. He was really oh, hard work. Yeah. yeah. Also from Nick on Nick Mullins from Rich Harley, uh, shit is Nick Mullins mentioning that Pablo Matera used to be captain of Argentina, but failing to explain why. Which he, Just don't he mention always, it, honestly. He always, yeah. whenever he's commentating on Argentina, he always mentions that Matera used to be the captain, but he never mentions it because he's a fucking. I, I, I think he's kind of trying to say that like Argentina have leadership. But, like, first of all, I mean, it didn't fucking look like that it did it. No. I, I, honestly, I think I it wouldn't mention that. <laughs> like, I think I'd keep that to myself, especially and if, in these and if you're going to sort of allude to something in a bit of a sort of like tap on the nose kind of way, that just don't. Just, why, yeah, why do, do it you properly. About racism? Actually, just say it. Oh, yeah, don't do it. Yeah. Time. You got any shit? Yep. Sorry. Uh, world would be. <laughs> Taking, I've got, I've got several hours worth of them. But, uh, World would be taking down the uh, gifs and clips of oh, yeah. footage because, God forbid, you know, we generate some hype and excitement. Uh, but also specifically doing that and then just taking fucking ages to get highlights up. Yeah. So you there's, no... there's still, no, still no highlights on YouTube. You can still only watch the highlights on the player built into. Yeah. The World just website. abysmal. Just stop it. I'm so bored of this bullshit. Stop it. Also, the refereeing discourse, but I think yeah. we covered that. So, <laughs> um, should we move on to good then? Uh, yeah, good is Scotland's pack. It felt like they held up to the box pretty well in defense. I say better than pretty well, to be honest, man. They yeah, were... genuinely, I'd be fucking hyped about that. Yeah. As Sam Warburton would tireless tire somebody say, you know, they all passed their tests. Matthew Morgan says good is Josh Adams, good is the rolling boiler piss coming out of everywhere but Wales, yes. Uh, and yep. good is rugby under the lights during the warmer months. You raise your indeed. It is not. Yep. Like I know it's very hot this weekend, but like yeah, I personally would prefer those kickoffs be like an hour earlier, but punchy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I mean it's fucking something else. It's summer, the atmosphere is belting, it's very fun. More of this, yes, yeah. absolutely. This is this is what a rugby world cup is supposed to be. Uh Ollie White says uh, good is Jack Morgan. Uh yeah, yep. we haven't talked about Jack Morgan. Captained extremely Excellent. well. Yep. And, and did that, that kick. kick. Just, oh. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's going to haunt my dreams in a really good way. It must be said. and But, like, I think that was as much... He missed a lot of tackles, but I think that was as much because of his work rate as it was because of... Also, I think he got charged a missed tackle for him sprinting back 80 like 30 meters to try and ankle tap semi Miranda and then not being able uh, yeah, to Yeah, I think I think Jack, some of Wales's missed tackle statistics are very accurate although I think Fiji is a context in and of itself. I think some of Jack Morgan's were very like I did the best I could and got shafted by a teammate and somehow I've got the mark against my name here. Yeah. Kind yeah, of I'm literally fl- I'm attempting to throw my body across into a huge gap to <laughs> grab a hand on somebody but that, that I, person is built I did torpedo myself across 14 metres of turf here <laughs> but, uh, it's very that you know that George Ford used to get this a lot people be like oh he misses this amount of tackles and it's like he tackles in a system where it's his job to drive the attacker into someone else's tackle like it's just not a very um, I thought it was yeah. Will right. Rollins though Will oh, Rollins yeah. Well, let's think. 28 he, tackles. And big fat zero Not miss. Missed. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting, actually, on some of the goal line sets, the way that Wales was setting up on defence was almost like they, it was almost like they accepted that they weren't going to get a dominant tackle, which you never see. Yeah. Because there were points where they were lined up and there was like three men around the ruck and then there were like two men stationed slightly behind like which is a to- something you never see in a defensive line in rugby but it was almost like they were going like the first there's a line there whose job it is to slow them down and then a second line to come in and make that second hit and stop <laughs> yeah it's very i mean honestly it's very we've seen the size of that australian pack and we've seen the size of bg and yeah. we are just going to Deal with everyone else's defensive like yeah, setups when these, we get there. These, these are contextually, you know, contextually thinged, but yeah. I thought it was super fucking interesting. It was, yeah, you know, um, you were right, and because it was commented on that Wales weren't making dominant tackles, and I was like, they're not even really Josh Adams aside. They're not trying to. Yeah, they're like, not trying to. <laughs> it was like the, just... the first guy was there to sort of basically stop the initial momentum, and then the second person comes in and basically rap goes high in a safe. So like sleeping policeman style of defense. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm actually, as an approach to safe tackling, as well as sensible tackling, very for it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we'll see how it Dom, continues, but yeah. We will, yeah. Uh, Dom Brand says, uh, good is return of the drop goal. Uh Jacob, yep. sa- Jacob, who says good is England finally realizing that taking the threes has its place in the pool game? Who knew? Um, it does have its place. I don't know how sustainable that is as a long term strategy, but who indeed? Yeah. Uh, Evan Quick says good is chilly. That's what we want to see. That's what the World Cup is all about. And some of the rugby they're playing was a joy to watch. Damn right it was. Yes. Uh, any goods from you, Ree? Uh, well, I did have chilly. But since that's been stolen, I'm just going to shout out a uh, new love of my life. We'll say mm. Naya Salifu, who yeah. oh, I just love him. He's really good. Uh, he's beautiful. beautiful. Uh, but I thought he managed the ref really fucking well, actually. Yeah, um, you know, in difficult circumstances, I thought he did an excellent job managing the ref, captaining them generally, uh, and just being excellent. And I want to shout him out because, you know, I'd marry you, Masaya. I'm just saying. Consider that an, a formal just and official. Consider that, yeah. Because he's so talented, I want to make that clear. It's not just because he's beautiful. It's the I'm combination. I mean, he is beautiful. He is beautiful, but it's the combination. I want to respectfully acknowledge it's the combination. Just, I'm being very respectful about this proposal of marriage. Sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I do think it's been lost in the referee chat that actually he managed the referee really, very well, I think. Um, Agreed. Uh, and finally, then, uh, Owen Gildur says, good is Philippa Tutlet, uh, because when asked patronisingly if Italy could honestly trouble England uh, following the Clive Woodward Wankfest, she gloriously replied, well, they can score tries and we've just watched them score six, something England can't do, so that should be a huge worry. <laughs> yes. More of this, and I don't just mean people laughing at England, <laughs> because, you know, I have realistic expectations of ITV, but more of people who know what the fuck they are talking about Reach. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Re, it's been a pleasure. 
as always. It has been it's fun. been too. You know, we didn't talk about any major history. We didn't talk about any of the shit we started to talk about. This is very embarrassing. I know. Russell Paul being a fucking messy bitch once. So, next time, I just think we shouldn't let Lee back on. Yeah, agreed. It's fine. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Indeed, this has been two and a half hours, as expected. Uh, thank you, as ever, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Lee will be back next week. I think I'm here next week. Yeah, I am. Cool. Uh, maybe real too. Maybe we'll do our own. Maybe I'll come and, and insist on talking about ancient and medieval history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Cool. Uh, enjoy the your three days worth of or two days probably when you this is this of, of rugby World Cup free break, and uh, then we're right back into it on Thursday. See you next week, everybody. Enjoy. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.